One of the things I'm most proud of in my business is how few hours it takes me to run it. And it's a distinction I have against a lot of other people in this space. And it's something that I think is fascinating to talk about. It's been a fun experiment for myself. But the reality is, whether people believe it or not, is my business only takes me five hours a week to run. Now, I'll give you a disclaimer in a minute. But the reality is, I only need five hours of my man hours per week to keep my seven-figure business running. And I get more questions about this than almost anything else. And I also get a lot more pushback and skepticism and hate about this than probably almost anything else. And so what I wanted to do in this episode is break down exactly what I'm doing during my five-hour work week, but more importantly, show you five steps that you can follow to create your own five-hour work week. Uh, I know it's not quite as cool as Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week, but it had to be a little bit different. So let's unpack my five-hour work week and more excitingly and more importantly, how you can create your own five-hour work week yourself. Let's discuss. Welcome back to The Graham Cochran Show, where each week I'm helping you unpack the mindset, strategies, and habits to help you build a highly profitable and life-giving business. I'm your host, Graham Cochran, pumped to hang out with you today. We're going to dive right in, and this will be super actionable for you. So I'm a big fan of money. I really, really am. Money is very useful. And so the more money I make, the more utility I have for that money, whether it's for myself or to do good in the world. But you know what? I'm not a fan of of just making money full stop. Because there's a lot of ways to make a lot of money. Some of those ways require you to do things that are unethical, things that you would rather not do. Or, more commonly, a lot of those ways that allow you to make a lot of money require you to give up all of your time. There's people that are making half a million dollars a year, but they have to work 80 hours a week to achieve it. This year, I'll do just shy of $2 million, if not $2 million, and I only have to work five hours a week to do it. How is that possible? That's what I want to talk about today, because not only is money an important currency, but your time is an important currency, and arguably a far more important currency, because it is limited. You can't get more time back. You can always make more money, so we want to have that sweet spot between plenty of money to do all the things I feel called to do in this world but plenty of time to do those things with the people that I want to do them with. And that's really, really important to me as a father of two daughters, an 11-year-old and a 14-year-old, as a husband to Shay, as someone who serves in my church, someone who's got friends and family, someone that likes to travel, someone that likes to exercise, someone that likes to get at least eight hours of sleep a night. Those things take time. So going and making a bunch of money, while that's impressive, if someone can promise you how to make six figures or seven figures, I'm more interested in how, how many hours are they promising you it'll take to get that amount of money. That's what's more interesting to me because I want the money and the time, and I want that sweet spot between the two. So real quick, here's the history of my work hours because I think this context is important for you to understand because everyone that asks me about this, they throw out this, oh, that's so impressive that it only takes you five hours a week now, Graham, but I'm pretty sure when you started out, you had to hustle and grind your way in the beginning, right? Because we all do, right? That's the question I get. And I was just on uh, my friend Kerry Jack's podcast, the Happy Hustle podcast, which you should go check out. And he actually asked me about what my work hours looked like when I started. 
And what I told him like blew his mind. He'd never heard it before. Uh, and I think it's more rare than I realize. But the most I've ever worked in my business is not 80 hours. It's not 70. It's not 50. It's not even 40. It's 32 hours a week is the most I've ever worked per week in my business. That's four days a week, eight hours a day. The reason why is because when I started my business, I had just lost my second job that year. It was 2009 during the Great Recession, and you've heard some of this story. We ended up going on food stamps. I had a baby and a mortgage and a wife. I was 26 years old in a new city in a new state um, trying to figure things out. And at the time, I was helping a buddy of mine start a church down here in Tampa, and I was on the music team. I was the, the lead worship guy, so that meant I had to lead the band for Saturday rehearsals. On Saturdays, I had to get up early, drive to the storage facility, meet up the band. We had the trailer. We would take out all of the, the drum set, the, the equipment, the speakers, the, the mixer, everything out of storage into the trailer, drive it from the trailer to our rehearsal space, set up the rehearsal space, again, plugging everything in. Then we got to rehearse for about an hour, hour and a half, and then tear everything back down, take it back to the uh, storage facility. And that was just for rehearsal. So my Saturday from 8 a.m. to about 1 p.m., I was doing that. And then on Sundays, we'd go repeat that process, get the equipment, but instead of taking it to the rehearsal space, we took it to the university campus where we did church for the first couple of years, set it up, did church, tore it down. Again, we were done by like one or two o'clock in the afternoon. So I had two very long half days on Saturdays and Sundays, more than half days, every weekend. So I never got a full day off. And I was starting my business at the same time. And I had a mentor of mine tell me, Graham, you have to have at least one full day off, right? You can't, you can't work around the clock. It's not healthy. It's not good for you, for your family. It's not God's design. Six days you should work, one day you should rest. The Sabbath principle, right? It's actually one of the Ten Commandments. Uh, and so I was like, okay, well, if I can't take Saturday off and I can't take Sunday off fully because I'm volunteering, I guess I'll take Fridays off. And my challenge from day one was, could I build a business in not seven days a week, not six days a week, not even five days a week, but four days a week? And so that constraint was on my business from day one. So the most I've ever worked was 32 hours. Fast forward, every year as I was building my business, I, as a weirdo, decided to have an experiment where I would see how many hours could I shave off of my work week while Bare minimum, keeping income the same, but best case, increasing the income. So I wanted to reduce my work hours. I was just curious because I'd never done this before. And I was just curious as to how far we could push this thing. And I would reread Tim Ferriss' book, The 4-Hour Workweek, every year. And it would challenge me. And it would inspire me to see what's possible. Instead of saying, ah, oh, that's not possible, I don't know how that's possible. I would pull a Robert Kiyosaki from Rich Dad, Poor Dad and, and turn it into a how question. How could that be possible? How could it be possible for someone to work a four-hour work week and still make good money? At the time, I was making you know $1,500 a month, $2,000 a month, then $3,000 a month, then $5,000 a month. But I wanted to see, could I keep making that income or grow it and work fewer than 32 hours? And so I eventually went from 32 to 30 to 25 to 20 to 15 to 10. To the last three to four years, easily, I've been only working five hours a week at max in terms of what my business requires of me. So with that context in place, let me share with you what I actually do during these five hours. And then more importantly, what I want to get to is my five-step process that you, anybody, anybody can take whatever your business is, even in a, a corporate job, you could implement a lot of these steps and reduce how many hours it takes for you to 
achieve the results that your, your upper management want to see. But anybody can apply these five steps no matter what kind of business you have. So here's what I'm actually doing each week. How to like look it up and write it down. And although my business has changed over the years and, and what I'm doing has changed slightly, here's what it's landed on pretty consistently the last three to four. Uh, number one is I film a weekly video podcast like this. And these are either a solo episode like this or a guest episode where I'm interviewing somebody. But I, I'll allocate around 90 minutes a week to create one piece of content. It rarely takes me the full 90 minutes, but if I'm doing a full interview with somebody, I'm gonna have a full 60 minutes jumping on the call with them, chit-chatting, getting comfortable, casting vision, then recording about a 40 to 50 minute conversation. Um, so there's at least an hour there, and then there's prep work of getting the questions put together, um, doing my own research. I have, I have a bit of a team, which I'll get to in a minute, that helps me do research on guests as well. But my actual work, at most, it's 90 minutes a week if I'm prepping for a guest and doing a full 60-minute interview. On the lower side, it's 45 minutes to an hour if I'm prepping one of these 25 to 30-minute episodes or I'm getting my notes down, getting my doc in front of me, hitting record, and going, okay? So let's say 90 minutes for my weekly video podcast. That's what drives the business. Then about an hour a week in my inbox for email, it's about 15 minutes a day, Monday through Thursday, or two 30-minute blocks, or if the week is busy, I'll sit down for one hour max and bang it out. And again, this doesn't take me that long for a couple of reasons I'll tell you about in a minute. So an hour a week on email, about an hour a week on student interaction. And this, what I mean by student interaction is jumping into my community, which has like, you know, it's a private community, like a Facebook group, um, only I'm running it on Kajabi, interacting there, sharing wins, answering questions, interacting inside of my courses in the back end of Kajabi where people ask a question about a video module, answering those questions, um, or interacting with some comments on YouTube uh, under a video, let's say. So I call that about st student interaction, and that's anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour a week. It just depends if there's a lot of questions or a lot of activity or less, about, and, and I just do a little bit each day, or again, if the week is very full, I'll sit down and do it in one hour chunk. Team interaction, I put about 30 minutes. Some weeks I have a quick team meeting. Most of it's handled over Slack, honestly, um, interacting with my content producer, uh, my customer service rep, um, the, my director of operations this year. Like Most of that's handled over Slack. So whatever the, the time is, answering a question, asking a question, and following up on, following up on something, that, that's done mostly in Slack, and that's about 30 minutes a week uh, on average. Everyone's pretty much self-starters and self-managers, which is great. And then... I have my monthly content and coaching with my membership, my community. And so that's not something I do every week, but once a, a month, I'm delivering a new masterclass that I have to map out, create slides for, and film. Uh, and then I also do a 60-minute, but I usually go over to about 90 minutes, live coaching call every month. So it's about three hours to four hours on the high end of work per month for me that I'm generally doing in one week, the week that I'm or over split over two weeks. So that's about an hour a week if you split it up over a weekly thing. And that's it. So that gets me to the five-hour mark on the high end. So realistically, a lot of weeks, it's only three to four hours of actual work. But if you average out um, over a month, and if I'm on the high end of everything, it's about five hours a week of work. That's what I'm doing to run my business. Now, pause for a second. I am doing other things than those things but they're not required to run my business. Whether I do them or not doesn't affect my business. These are things I'm choosing to do. Let me give you an example. Being in a mastermind, 
which has a weekly call as a group. Um, traveling twice a year for that mastermind for their in-person gatherings, which is a lot of fun. You stay at a resort, eat good food, there's training, there's all kinds of stuff. But that obviously isn't related to me having to run my business. There's something I'm choosing to do. Um, I'm going through um, training programs, courses, hiring coaches, getting coaching myself. That might be a weekly call. That might be a bi-weekly call. That might be like right now I'm going through hours and hours and hours of course material for a certain thing that I'm working on. And so like I'm sitting down, it's like being in class and I've got homework and I'm learning stuff, never stop learning. But that's not something I have to do for business. It's something I'm choosing to do. Traveling and speaking is something I'm choosing to do. My business doesn't require me to speak, but it's something I enjoy doing and I'm going to do more of. So the business model might shift where if I'm doing more speaking and making a lot of money from that, that might become a main source of revenue. Right now it's for fun and I'm working and building my chops. So that's something I choose to do. Reading books. I don't get paid to read books. It's not necessary, but I can't not read. I love to read connecting with people. I jump on Zoom calls with people. I just had coffee with a gentleman for, or breakfast with a gentleman for an hour and a half this morning before coming into the office. These are all things that I choose to do that are somewhat related to what I do. Writing a book. I just finished writing book number two, turned it into the publisher two weeks ago. Now I'm working on the edits. This is a new part of my life that doesn't drive my business, but I'm really kind of thinking long-term, setting myself up for the next 20 to 30 years. I imagine speaking and writing more books and that becoming a big part of what I do. As of right now, it's just something fun I get to do. And yeah, I get paid as well when the books sell, but it's something I'm choosing to do and I'm really preparing for the future and setting myself up to be a best-selling author and having you know in-demand keynote and all those things. I'm, I'm building something new. So I'm letting you in behind the scenes a little bit of what's going on. Or those have nothing to do with driving my business. And then I'll jump onto social media and check things every once in a while for fun. But I don't, I don't manage the social media for my business. I don't post for myself. I don't do any of that stuff. So it doesn't require me at all. So that's the disclaimers. I am doing other things. Um, but they're not necessary for my business. They're things now that I have the time I'm choosing to do to better myself, invest in myself, make connections, things that I think are strategic plays that will help me in the long run. Make sense? So let's get to the meat of this, which I think is really, really going to be useful for you. Here's the master class in how to have a five-hour work week. I'm going to give you five steps, and they're five steps in order. And these are the five steps I have used over the last 14 years to go from 32 hours a week making $7,000 a year in year one <laughs> to working five hours a week and doing about $2 million a year in year 14. And I've been sub 10 hours a week for the last eight years. All right? You ready for it? Write these down. And then what I want you to do is pay attention to the step that you've missed. If you, Because you might be doing some of these. But my thought is you're probably missing one of these. And that can make all the difference. Or doing them out of order. Step number one is to eliminate. Step number one is to eliminate. Which actually begs step number zero the preparatory work for any of this, which is do you even know what you're doing every day and every week in your business? If, if you know, like in your head, no, or you have a loose idea of it, but you've never taken the time to write down everything you do, here's a fun exercise for you. If, you've, if all you took away from this episode was this one exercise, it will blow your mind because it's more of a getting 
honest with yourself before you do the work. So step zero is honestly to pull out a piece of paper or a Google Doc and just in bullet form, write down every single specific task you're doing right now in a given day, week, or month for your business. And don't lump things together. For example, don't say publish one YouTube video a week. That's not as specific as it needs to be. What do you mean by that? Ideating the video, outlining the video, recording the video, editing the video, uploading the video, making a thumbnail, coming up with the titles, uploading it to your blog, emailing out to your list. You see what I'm saying? Like break every task down, everything you're doing. You don't have to write down how much time it takes you. That doesn't matter for today's purposes. Just I want you to see on paper every single thing you're doing. And it might take you a few days to, to remember as you go through your days and weeks of what am I actually doing? Oh, yeah. I'm checking Kajabi and looking at my sales data. I'm building an offer for this Kajabi thing. Or I'm writing the email copy for this funnel. I'm building slides for this webinar. I mean, write down all of that stuff. When you see all of it, it's going to make you sick. <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing all this stuff? Yeah, you're doing a lot of stuff. So then the question is, and here's the only way you can work less, is to do less. Like there's no magic secret. So... It all starts by saying, if you want to work less, you got to do less. Hey, we'll get back to the episode in just a moment, but I wanted to give you a gift for hanging out with me in today's episode. I want to give you access to a free on-demand video training to teach you how to build your first $1,000 of passive income in just 30 minutes a day. This workshop is packed with not only the things you need to create passive income, but the order in which you need to create them, how they tie together, templates you can use for swipe copy, scripts you can use, the exact tools that are both free and cheap that you can implement and use today, including how to figure out what your profitable idea is if you haven't launched your business. I cover all of this. I pull back the curtain on my business model that I'm using right now while you're enjoying this episode and how I'm generating a million dollars a year plus in two businesses. It's all inside of this workshop and it's free. I want you to watch it because it is the business model I believe in. If you like what you'll see in this workshop, then you will know that what I'm teaching you has got substance and it's a good fit for you. So watch it, take notes and apply it and you can build an online passive income business off of a free video training. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop. That's grahamcochran.com slash workshop. Now back to the episode. So the, the thing you got to realize is that not everything you're doing is necessary to drive the business forward and make money. It's a hard truth to swallow because you assume, whether you've said it out loud or thought it out loud, that by virtue of you choosing to do it, you've established that it's worth doing, but that couldn't be further from the truth. That may be true, but it may not be true. It's your job to evaluate. So the first step in creating a five-hour work week is to eliminate. And I go hard after the 80-20 rule. You know, Richard Koch wrote about it, and then Tim Ferriss wrote about it, and I think those guys are just spot on that 80% of the results we're getting in our business is really the result of only 20% of the activities we're doing in our business, which means we can get four-fifths the results with one-fifth of the effort. And I don't know about you, but I'd be happy to make a little bit less and free up 80% of my time. I really would. I feel like it's a trade I'd make every day because with that extra time, there's more stuff we can do, which we'll talk about in a minute. So the first thing to do is, is make that list, step zero, of all the tasks you're doing. Let it hit you like a sucker punch. You're like, oh my gosh, that's a lot. No, no matter, no wonder I'm, I'm working all the time. 
No matter I'm bringing, why I'm bringing, no wonder I'm bringing my laptop on my beach vacations and living that laptop lifestyle, which is basically a cover for me having way too much work that I don't know how to shut it off. We've all been there. I've been there, right? I've been there. Have my wife asked me, why, are you, why did you bring a laptop to the beach? We're only here for three days. Can you really not get away for three days? It's like in the early years. Oh man, well, I, I gotta do this stuff. We've all been there. So the first step is to eliminate. And you go through every single task and you ask yourself, is this task part of the 80% that only drives 20% of my income? Like it's kind of important. It drives some income, but not much. Or is this task part of the 20% that drives 80% of my income? You have to decide what that is. Every business is slightly different, but I'll give you some examples. I hate social media. I love hate it. It's fun to see what some other people are doing. I get to keep up with some of my friends and some of my heroes through it. But I hate posting, I hate writing captions, I hate reels, I hate stories, I hate all that. This is not my jam. Like, this is not fun. It's a lot of work. And so I started to ask the question over a decade ago, how valuable is social media anyway? How valuable is my time in social media? And I've proven to myself that it's not very valuable. And I, I know this for a fact, in 2020, um, I decided to take a year off of social media. So I, I deleted the apps. I didn't log in for a whole year. During that 12-month span, my business not only didn't plateau, it didn't plummet, it 5X'd. I had one of my biggest, fastest growth years that year while I wasn't on social media for a year. Now, why did it 5X? Well, it was the pandemic. Everybody was home. It was everybody made money in 2020 if you're online. Like, it wasn't hard to make money. But that's my point. It wasn't social media that was driving it. It was my organic content on YouTube. It was my podcast. It was my email marketing. It was my system, right? I proved to myself that social media doesn't drive revenue, at least not for my business and not for most people's businesses unless you're an influencer. It's a nice to have. It's not a need to have. So you got to figure out what those things are that you can eliminate yourself. That's the fastest, the most brutal, most powerful thing you could do is stop doing all the things you're doing in your business. Put a gun to the thing and say, prove to me, Task, that you drive 80% of the revenue or you're part of what drives 80% of the revenue. If you can't prove to me that you're driving revenue or, or you're a leading indicator of revenue, right? Like I know email opt-ins leads to revenue. So anything that drives email opt-ins is worth it. And I know what tasks drive the most email opt-ins. So I can say, okay, that task, you can stay on the list. Putting out a, a weekly video podcast, you can stay on the list because that drives leads, which drives revenue because it goes into my funnel. But posting on Instagram five times a week, I can't, there's no direct correlation. Maybe I'm top of mind, but I can't prove that that drives revenue. So it's not worth me doing. Eliminate is the, the number one thing you do. You never hire, you never outsource, you never do anything until you've eliminated the unnecessary. Because why would you pay someone else to do something that's not necessary in your business either? So you eliminate the things that are absolutely not necessary for your business and you, you, you're ruthless. You're ruthless in your process. And use the 80-20 principle, Pareto's principle, to think about that. I've done a lot of content on 80-20, but I'm going to move on. Step one is eliminate. Step two is automate. Again, if you've eliminated the stuff that, you're, that doesn't drive revenue, you're left with only the things that really do drive revenue. These are the important things. But again, you don't hire. That's not the next step. The next step is to automate. Is there a piece of software? Is there AI? Is there a tool? Is there a service that I can use to create 
affordable leverage. When I think of automation, I think of affordable leverage. Leverage is the ability to lift something much heavier than you would on your own because you have a tool, you have something that gives you that leverage, right? A lever, a lever can lift something mega heavy because of the way it's positioned. It gives you power. Leverage is powerful. Automation, AI, these kind of things are affordable leverage. So what tools could you use that are cheap or free that would allow you to get those tasks done? Is there a tool that can automate your emails, can automate your delivery of products, can automate collecting of testimonials, can automate um, tr- you know, creating blog posts out of your videos, can automate clips for social media out of your, uh, you know, your video podcast? Like, What tool, it's gonna be way cheaper than a person, could you leverage to create affordable leverage? So now you're not doing it. It's important, but you still don't need to do it you can let the software, let the robots do it. So automate whatever you, you can't eliminate. Automate as much of that as possible. And there's, the great news is in the land of AI, more and more automation tools are coming aboard that are gonna help content creators and business owners like us get more done more affordably. So that's your affordable leverage piece. So you eliminate first, then you automate second. Then and only then do you get to step three, which is delegate. And this is now, okay, I've eliminated the 80% of the tasks that don't really drive revenue or don't drive much revenue. I've automated as much of that as possible. And then delegation is a less affordable form of leverage or a more expensive form of leverage. It's worth it for the right things. Here's how to know what to delegate. Delegate anything and everything that does not require your face, your voice, or your specific skill set. For example, I wrote sales copy for my business for years. But then I got to a point where it's like, I don't need my face to write the sales copy. I don't need my voice to write the sales copy. And I don't need my skill set to write the sales copy. There are other people who could write sales copy. And now there's tools like ChatGPT that can help you massage sales copy. I don't have to be the one to write the sales copy. Sales copy is important, but I don't have to be the one to write it. So since I don't have to be, I'm at a point where it might make sense to less affordably leverage. You know, AI doing it would be the more affordable leverage, but delegation would be the less affordable leverage, but still worth it for me. The first thing I I delegated and outsourced or hired for was customer support in my inbox. I realized it doesn't require my face, doesn't require my voice or my specific skill set. It requires some directions and some SOPs and some principles, but anybody could look at my emails, do a refund, get somebody to log into the back end, answer a question about a product, right? Delete hate mail, only keep the nice emails. Like anybody can do that. I don't have to be the person doing that. It's something that needs to be done. I can't eliminate it. It's important. You can't eliminate customer support, customer service. And I don't have a a tool that could do it yet, a piece of software that I could trust to do that. So we'll get a person to do it. So you eliminate first. You automate what you can't eliminate. You delegate what you can't automate. And then what's left is what you actually do. And this is step four is you concentrate. And I borrowed this from Rory Vaden because I was doing this all along, but I never saw it as a word. So it was just four steps. And now I've headed this fifth step. It's actually step number four in order. You concentrate your efforts and basically give your best self to what's left. You've eliminated the stuff that doesn't drive revenue. 
You've outs or you've automated the stuff that you can. You've delegated the rest of the stuff that you can't automate. And so what's left is truly the things that only you can do and you should be doing. Like for me, it's doing these video podcasts. It's responding to emails that only I can respond to because they're asking me a specific question or it's a friend or it's a business opportunity or it's a media, you know, I'm working with CNBC or Forbes or somebody um, or it's my publisher. It's interacting with my community and answering their questions like they paid for and I'm gonna, I promise to be there. Like th- those are the things that, like write my book, like I need to write my book. Those are the things that I need to actually do and they actually drive revenue. And so now that I'm freed up, I'm going to concentrate my efforts and double down on the things that only I can do and do them with excellence and do more of them. For example, if you're working 40 hours a week and if you could eliminate 80% of what you're doing, and you're left with only 20, the 20% that matters, that's eight hours of what really drives revenue, you could then double down on those eight hours and work 16 hours, but double up on that stuff. You could double up on the content, double up on the products you're creating, double up on the funnels you're writing. And so in less than half the time, in only two days a week instead of five, you could be doing 80% times two, you could be doing 50% more revenue. Or more, you could 2x your revenue in less than half the time by concentrating on what really, really matters and drives revenue. Is this making sense? So you concentrate on what's left and do it really, really well. Ironically, what's left is probably the stuff you like doing, which means you're gonna do more of it and do it better. And fifth and final step is evaluate. So once a year, reevaluate, reexamine your work week and go through this whole process again. I tend to do this every January. For about 10 years, I was flying to LA every January for a big convention in the music space, and on the plane, I would reread parts of the four-hour work week as inspiration, and then I'd re-examine my work week and say, okay, going into this new year, what needs to change, or what could I change in my work week? Based off of, could I eliminate more? Could I get more ruthless? Or is there a new thing happening this year, like we had a baby, or my kid, you know, went off to college and now I'm an empty nester. Like, is there a seasonality element to my life that requires me reimagining or reexamining my work week, either shift things around or can I, can I just reduce, reduce, reduce? And so just reevaluate once a year because I feel like my work week has changed every year. It's not static, but generally it'll last six to 12 months and then I reevaluate. Make sense? So step zero, <laughs> write down every single task you do every day, week, or month. And then again, step one, eliminate everything that doesn't drive revenue or doesn't largely lead to revenue, 80-20 rule. Eliminate, automate what you can't eliminate using affordable leverage and tools and software and AI. Number three, delegate what you can't automate. This is slightly more expensive leverage, but it's powerful. Delegate anything that doesn't require your face, your voice, or your specific skill set. Step four, concentrate on what's left. Give your best self to those remaining tasks. This is your true work. This is what's going to really drive business. And this is probably your sweet spot of skills and passions as well. And step five, once a year, evaluate. Tweak as necessary and experiment. Try new things, be ruthless, and have fun. And at the end of the day, why do we do this? Well, I did it originally just as an experiment to see how far I could go. How much revenue could I create and how little amount of time? I, I'm a weirdo. I just wanted to know. I just genuinely wanted to know for myself. But really, what is this all about? The five-hour work week, the four-hour work week, whatever you want to call it. The whole point of it is to, I think, 
be efficient. I think not being efficient is a giant waste. We're efficient in so many areas of our life, but we're very, very inefficient in our work. And so I think good stewardship of your business, good stewardship of your opportunities is to be efficient. Only do what truly matters and, and automate these things, right? You're going to see like some of the things that you're seeing my business do, I have tools automating it. I have people that I've delegated to do it. They're still important, but I don't have to do it. So the more efficient way is to do what we're doing here. So I think it's just by the principle of efficiency, it's good stewardship. It's good management of what you've been given is to be as efficient as possible. But why? So that you free up your time and you free up your mental space to stay fresh, to invest in yourself, to take care of your body, your mind, your soul, your heart, to pour into the people God's put in your life, your spouse, your children, your friends, your parents, your community, so that you can actually live a life outside of your work. Because did you know that you can have a life outside of your work? You totally can. And I totally recommend you do it. It's going to make you a more well-rounded person. You're going to love your life, which is going to allow you to sustain the business, which if you sustain the business, you have more likelihood of being successful. And if you have more likelihood of being successful, that means you're helping more people and making more impact. You see how these things go together. And I haven't even talked about money because the more you do this and the better you do it and the more you love what you do, the more money will come. This is the only way to win in my opinion. So there is a point. It's not just to brag. It's not just to feel like you're special. It's to live a full and complete life and to have a healthy life so you have a healthy business so you can serve more people for longer. There it is. That's my five-hour work week and how you can build your own. Leave me a comment if you're watching on YouTube. Let me know what you thought of the five steps. Which step are you missing? Which step are you going to implement? And what is your next step that you need to take, your next action step? to start reducing your work hours. Maybe five is, is too tight. Maybe it's gonna take a while to get to five, but what's your next best move to reduce your amount of work hours from where they are now to let's say five to 10 hours fewer in the next six months? Leave a comment below if you're watching on YouTube. Process this if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Your time is the most valuable currency you have, so spending some of it with me does not go lightly. I appreciate it. I see you. I value it. I honor you. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and we'll see you in another episode real soon.